Welcome to the Solutions for Customers podcast, where we will cover all things about sales engineering, customer success, and best practices in the tech ecosystem. Recorded live outside of Boston, MA, here's your host, Gary Sloper. That song is by the band Casino Sunday. Check them out on iTunes or Bandcamp. My name is Gary Sloper. I'm your host for the Solutions for Customers podcast, where we talk about sales engineering and customer success best practices here in the tech ecosystem. So I am a couple couple weeks behind. Uh, apologies. I've had a couple personal things to attend to in my family life. All is well before you ask, so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but I uh, wanted to, to let everybody know we will get, be getting back here on track. A lot of great material. Uh, the next episode, we will have one of our first guest speakers. I've been uh, trying to rearrange schedules around and, and, and trying to ensure that he could attend first, and, and you'll hear a little bit more about that. I'm very excited. But today, what we wanted to cover uh, is kind of get back onto the pre-sales track this week. Uh, as you're noticing, we're kind of ping-ponging back between pre-sales and customer success. I think it all ties well together, and the feedback from many of you has been very positive around this, uh, so we don't just you know, focus on one practice area every week. Uh, and if you think about it, whatever you design ends up having to be installed and, and serviced uh, from a post-sale standpoint. So it's worked out very well. So uh, I appreciate all the feedback and, uh, and kind words. And, and one of the topics that we received uh, you know, th- from you in the audience was around what are the areas that I should focus on as a pre-sales professional in terms of my career? So if I wanted to start my career, how do I get that baseline knowledge? What, do I, what should I focus on first? Or I've been in a pre-sales role. I've been a solution architect or a sales consultant in you know, a SaaS world or a services world. How do I continue to improve my aptitude so that way I'm more marketable, but I'm also at the end of the day, much more beneficial for my end customers. So what we wanted to talk about is really what is that base level kind of foundational construct that you should have in pre-sales, especially in the global gig economy that we have today. So one of the one of the areas that I think is most beneficial that I've found I have found most beneficial even you know uh, 15 plus years doing this and that it continues to, to evolve is really understanding how the global internet works. And so before everybody starts you know, throwing things at me virtually and saying, Gary, everybody understands how the global internet works, you'd actually be surprised that a lot of pre-sales engineers don't fully grasp the entire global internet in terms of how it's, how it's designed, developed, procured, uh, monitored, you know, maintained, etc. There, there's a lot of intricacies that go along with this, and I think for most of us that have been around the internet for for quite a few years, understand this. But some of us, you know, just felt that ah, eh, it's not really something I need to understand. I'm in cloud. I design cloud cloud workloads, and and I'm in SaaS. I don't really need to understand that. Just ensure that the global internet works, and I'm good to go. Well, if that is your take, I would say it's it's a little short sighted. And it's not always the most glamorous area to, to first focus on, but it is, the, I would say, the, the, the concrete foundation of any, any house that you're trying to build in terms of pre-sales. You really have to understand how not only just the global internet, but really layer one through three in the entire OSI model functions because that has 
you know, so many Im impacts later on and whatever else you're looking to design. So if you are looking to stay in SaaS or move to SaaS, it's really excellent to understand how the global internet works, how all the devices, how the, 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 the various lines, you know, subsea cables, et cetera, all connect together because then that allows you to build on top of this as you start going into CDN and, you know, global internet security, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really important for you to have that, that I would say, general baseline. And, and also it helps even from a troubleshooting standpoint, because we all know anybody, anybody that have, have done this for a while understand, you know, there's, there's always that point where there is an outage or there's a degradation of service that you were responsible for designing. And ultimately the finger gets pointed to you and, 99% of the time, it's not you. It's it's somewhere else along the 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 chain of command in terms of how that service is delivered to an end customer is where the fault is. So having a good understanding at a high level, granted you're not in a troubleshooting environment, you're not in a knock or a sock, but it's good to be able to have those baseline understandings because then you can have a much different conversation with your customer or even your internal teams as they look to actually troubleshoot what area might be be causing a concern. So the number one, you know, recommendation that I always provide, and it's unbiased, I'm not paid by this company, I've just really found that it really helps me and has helped me over the years, is obtaining the Cisco uh, CCNA um, uh, certification. It stands for Cisco Certified Network Associate. It's been around for a long time. It's had many iterations throughout its uh, life within tech. And for, for some of us, we've known Cisco for a, a lot of years, been very dominant in the industry in terms of their equipment, and now that they've moved more into cloud-based services, uh, naturally, as everybody has, uh, they still, I would say, are the benchmark in terms of providing an excellent understanding of how you know physical devices interwork with each other and legacy devices and how the global internet works. And then as you get into you know core data center where you may have some hybrid environments where you or your customer may still have several data centers while it's connecting to a cloud or a multi-cloud solution. It's really good to understand how that layer two environment works. So what I've found is the, the CCNA, and I'll have it in the show notes, the Cisco Certified Network Associate, is a great baseline uh, because it forces you to understand, I would say, the, the general basics of layer one through layer three. Uh, it goes a little bit above... I'd say a couple a couple layers, maybe layer four, uh, may touch upon layer seven. I haven't taken the exam in quite a few years, but uh, I know it's continuing to change. And so, you know, as as our lives change within within tech, uh, you know, I'm quite confident that Cisco has kept up with this. They've they've changed the certification several times. I think now, if you if you've never taken this exam, or if you're looking to recertify. Some of you that are out there that have have uh, have a certification coming up, I did notice uh, while I was researching for the podcast, uh, February twenty fourth, twenty twenty. So just a, a handful of months coming up, um, there will be a new exam, and it sounds like uh, for for some of us that remember, it was broken out into a couple parts of an exam. Now it sounds like it's consolidating back. So if you have not taken uh, this exam uh, to recertify or net new exam, I would suggest going to this new exam because usually they have more updated material. If it is a single exam, it'll probably be wouldn't it wouldn't say easier to obtain, but it, it makes it a little bit more streamlined instead of having, you know, as an engineer in me, if uh, you know there's 
a certain amount of questions for multiple exams and they break that down into one exam, my guess is just from the law of averages, my assertion, again, I haven't taken it, is that you have probably a better shot of, of passing it. So I, uh, when I first passed it many, 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 many moons ago, it was a single exam and then uh, they've since, uh, they've since uh, broken it out into a couple. Uh, I think it was like a routing and switching exam and maybe something else. So, um, so what's so great about this exam? And uh, again, I don't want to spend uh, you know too long on this episode just talking about you know an exam. But but really, what you should understand is at the high level, it, it starts to break down the core functions that either you're providing as part of your service. If you happen to be in this kind of layer one through three area, managed services, telecommunications, or if you are in some sort of cloud or security or monitoring or even a DevOps environment, it's, it's really good to understand how all of these components make up the services that you're providing, building, developing, launching, etc. And so some of the areas that this exam really focuses on, um, you know, that, I, that I've really enjoyed um, trying to get my arms around is, is really if you start looking at, you know, the physical devices. So it, it will get you know, some, sometimes repetitive, you know, what is a bridge? You probably don't really need a bridge today. What is, what is a switch, you know, et cetera. But it, it kind of talks about how these devices um, are intertwined and, and can actually cause havoc. Uh, and sometimes as you're troubleshooting. So if you're providing a, a service to a branch location, it's really good to understand what the difference is because, you know, those are the types of things that could be in line with uh, whatever services that you're trying to provide back to your customer, which could ultimately be providing latency, security flaws, et cetera. Um, what it does at, at, at the, the genesis of the, of, the, of the certification is that it talks about things such as uh, routing and switching, obviously at the LAN level, but also at the WAN level, the wider network level, which really plays a, a, an important piece when you start talking about BGP and other technologies that the global internet is built upon. And it definitely breaks into uh, subnetting. So as you start going into address uh, understanding, when you're starting to talk to customers about these types of things, now why is that important? So if I think about from an address standpoint, you may be providing a security service. You know, I don't know, maybe it's a DDoS service or some sort of add-on service. And it's really good to understand how the IP requirements are needed and, and broken out based on various classes. Mostly it's probably going to be in an IPv4 um, perspective. But those are the good things to understand because as you're talking to customers, you have a better understanding of, you know, asking them more salient questions and getting to understand what their architecture looks like or may have to look like to be retrofitted into yours. Now, I understand that from an enablement standpoint, your company probably has already asked you to understand these various areas of technology. But again, if you have a baseline going in, you can go further and further into your learnings and control that learning curve that we always talk about. Uh, it does get into IPv6, which obviously a lot of uh, organizations have gravitated towards. I would say my opinion, you know, when IPv6 first came out several years ago, um, it's probably about over 10 years ago now, that was supposed to be, hey, we're running out of, you know, V4 addresses, you know, Aaron is clamping down, we, we've got a problem, mayday, mayday, V6 came in, and it didn't, I don't believe, it, it didn't really take off as quickly as it, as it should have. So as you're starting to think about, you know, these different types of networks, that, that plays into 
obviously how you're setting up potentially cloud workloads and how you're connecting into VPNs, et cetera. So all of this really starts to, to come to fruition and really provide you a good layer of understanding as you're taking these, these uh, courses, which you can self-study to, to obtain this exam, where there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of, um, I think there's probably some online classes, uh, or I should say in-classroom in classes that you could take as well. I know uh, up here in the, uh, the Boston area, we have several learning centers that you could go do. But it's really good to understand, um, again, as you get into these different layers of, of uh, uh, understanding, figuratively and literally in the OSI model, it will help you as you're starting to deploy certain applications. So as you understand how a network routes and delivers packets, that's important as you're, you know, as we live in a cloud world now, when you're trying to deliver proximity-based applications, for example, it's really good to understand how that, that works. It also allows you to have a different conversation perhaps with your product team or the core network engineering team that provides services to you uh, so you can provide that back to your customer. So having that intelligent discussion really helps. And, you know, as you start having latency sensitive conversations, those types of things are really important too. You'd be surprised how many times we've, um, in my, in my course of career, we've corrected customers just based on how they've set something up that we have architected for them. And it, it was not working as optimally because, you know, they might've had a default route added someplace and, you know, things were not working as it should because everything was routing to the wrong location. Um, and, and so, you know, when you, when you look at the CCNA, take a look at the, I would just go to cisco.com, take a look at the syllabus, and it has a lot of information in there. It's not to be overwhelmed. Uh, it's not to be presented to be overwhelming. But I think it's really important for you to digest each section. You know, as you get into things like, uh, some of the security fundamentals and as as DDI has started to make its play out of the data center and into cloud, how does that play into the infrastructure of your clients? And I think that's really important. Um, and, and some of the security fundamentals and best practices are kind of explained there too. You'd be surprised uh, how often many companies just simply overlook the basics. And if even if you have that layer of understanding and you're providing a SaaS solution, what is better then going to a customer and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I'm not playing in part of your network, but based on what you're telling me, you may want to look at changing a couple different areas here, do some research, talk to your network team, but it sounds like you may need to make some changes to your infrastructure this way. And right there, you're providing a, a key service back to your customer. One, that allows them to understand, hey, you know your stuff, you, your technical chops are there, you understand layer three really well. Two, it's not part of your responsibility, but yet as a trusted advisor, you're coming in and, and explaining, hey, you know, based on what you're telling me around your your architecture, there's something there that, that should be changed. And I'm providing that as a heads up to you, just as, as courtesy as a business partner. But more importantly, we're all in this together. So we want to make sure that this works correctly for you. And 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 three, um, you know, if you're doing it in a proper way and not in a public flogging forum, the, the, the customer may come back to you with other questions just, you know, to seek advice from you uh, within the entire portfolio that you may have or other things that they're looking at just as an independent voice. 
And that's really important because if you've never been on the buy side, and especially in today's world, right, there's more companies trying to sell services, technical services, to, I would say, a good majority of the same companies that, at least from a number standpoint, that existed 10 years ago. And so you have you know, double, triple the amount of providers in some fashion trying to sell something. A lot of these customers on the buy side are very product fatigued, meaning you know they, they're trying to get their jobs done, but also balance evaluating new tech that comes out every day and who's the best, who's the brightest. And sometimes having that independent view really goes a long way. I, so in, in my opinion, in a, in a pre-sales environment, you, you're, yes, the, the, the goal is to help solve workload challenges for your customer. But I also think it's building that long, on, ongoing and long-term relationship. If you're not doing that, then, then I don't think pre-sales is the right role for you. There's been many times where I've worked in an environment where I've helped customers time and time again. And I haven't spoken to them in five or six years and they call me out of the blue and say, Gary, you know, I know we've lost touch, but you were really good at helping me understand X, Y, and Z. What's your opinion on, you know, what I'm seeing in the marketplace today that I have to evaluate? And they go through it and I give them my unbiased opinion. Or if I simply don't know and I don't feel that I have a strong understanding, why not point them into the, to the direction of, of where to go to get that answer? Or make an introduction. And I really believe, again, you hear me say it over and over, that we're in the self-service world and we're continuing to move towards it, but people are still buying from people and we have to develop those relationships. We talk about it on the customer success side, but we have to do this on the pre-sale side. It's not about sending diagrams or sending quotes or doing a demo and expecting customers to buy from us. You have to build that relationship. Because you have to remember on the buy side, their neck is on the line too. If they if they don't know you at all or your company and you came out of the woodwork, that is a huge risk for somebody to just go with you versus somebody else that they've known for a while. And that's the power that pre-sales architects have that thankfully, I would say most don't use it in a disadvantaged way, right? We're very um, EQ driven in terms of making sure that we do what's best for the customer. And at times that can conflict with maybe the sales strategy because our product or service, you know, perhaps there's been times where it's not the best for the customer. And so how do you ethically try to um, come up with a better strategy there with your sales team? And we could talk for hours on that one, trust me. Uh, so getting back to, to uh, you know, this certification, you know, I would highly recommend taking a look at it. There's a lot of uh, message boards, I believe, or there used to be on, on Cisco. Take a look. You can ask a lot of questions. You can see a lot of the FAQs. You know, if you go get your CCNA, it doesn't mean you're going to go make a ton more money. That's not what I'm getting at. But what, what it will do, though, it will provide you a really good understanding of how the global internet works. And as I mentioned, all of the local area network, you know, routing and switching happens as well. And I think that's one of the deficiencies I've seen as we've moved into cloud because a lot of the, the newer pre-sales teams that have developed, they've just moved into a cloud-based environment. They've, they haven't learned the basics of how the global internet works and how layer three routing, and that, that core objective works, whether it's locally or globally. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't, don't get me wrong there. I just think that it will, it will just up your game slightly or sometimes significantly based on 
the type of organization that you work for. And it, and I would compare it to, you know, if you had never taken a programming class and you jumped into Python today and you struggled a little bit or you found some other ways to automate some of the code, but you didn't really understand how, you know, core programming and DevOps actually worked uh, from that perspective, uh, it'd be very much the same. And so I think if you have that baseline, you kind of, you know, cut your teeth a little bit in an area that, again, it's probably not as exciting for you, but if you knew how to subnet uh, out a class C pretty quickly and you were able to rip out IPs out of a full class C, it, again, it's not glamorous, but it, it's a quicker discussion to have with somebody on the other line that you, that might be your customer that equally may not understand how the global internet works. So if there is an outage or there is latency or you see an opportunity for CDN and other things that you can go guide that customer, say, hey, listen, here's where we stop as a SaaS provider. But however, I want you to go back to your providers and, and ask them these questions or figure out how to tweak your, your network a little bit better this way. And again, that provides instant credibility, which is really cool, I think, with a customer. And, and you'd be surprised, people that have gone down this path, like I mentioned, they get really excited about layer three. They may want to go do this uh, permanently. But even speaking with customers, uh, some of these large Fortune 1000 companies, you'd be surprised how big their global wide area networks are and how they've pieced together various uh, service providers to build out their WAN. It is larger than some CLEX. I've witnessed it firsthand, some of the larger I'd say investment banks uh, globally know where every single piece of fiber exists within the, within the global earth. And I know that sounds crazy, but they do. Their maps are unbelievable and they know how quickly it is from point A to point B. So that's important as, as you start getting into applications and you're trying to get content closer to users. However, a lot of our customers are not versed in that. They don't understand that not everything is ethernet. They don't understand that the interfaces look different as it comes into a building or to a data center or to their service provider or cloud provider. So that's where, again, this certification will kind of break that down. So you understand the differences between Ethernet and a DS3 interface, which many of us don't necessarily have to see anymore. But you'd be surprised. A lot of that tech is still out there. There's still a lot of this older tech, especially from the service providers at these different branch locations, some of the data centers, actually a lot of the data centers. So it's good for you to be familiar with this just so you have an understanding. You can have a different conversation. You don't have to get down too far in the weeds, but if you understand the limitations of your application and how that could be impacted at a branch location that, again, is serviced by a DS3, you know that they're not going to get a full 100 megs on that DS3 unless there's some sort of bonding that's going on, et cetera. But it, again, it gives you that understanding from this certification to have that different conversation. So I bring that up uh, only because I think it's important and uh, you know you, you judge for yourself as you go through this whole entire certification process. And what you'll find, I think, when you go to take this exam is it's extremely difficult. Not that the questions are so hard, but if I recall, it, it's one of those... Um, progressive type of tests that if you fail to answer a subnetting question correctly, they'll hit you with two or three subnetting questions right after that. However, if you nailed that first question, they'll move on to a different topic. So just be prepared for that. So there's a lot of practice exams out there. 
that you can you can download and buy. Uh, I would I would suggest doing that because it also gets you into the mindset of taking that exam. So someone like myself, I'm not a good test taker. I have a little bit of a learning disability with those types of things. For some of you, you thrive in the test environment, but understand that it, you know, it's not a infinite amount of time. You have to you have to perform quickly. So it gets you gets you that cadence going and, and get the juices flowing to prepare you for that exam. So I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a Cisco CCNA. You can go on to Cisco.com, do a quick search on CCNA. I'll, I'll put the link in the in the show notes as well. And again, it, it just provides you that baseline to understand how the global internet works, how routing and switching works. And if you do find that this is an area that you enjoy, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of roles still out there just yearning to be closed, whether it's at a at a services provider, like a large internet provider, or even internally for some of these larger corporations that run their own networks. So there's a lot of job opportunities out there. And there's nothing wrong with with cutting your teeth for a couple of years to understand that 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 environment and also practice your pre-sales skills. Uh, so I, I highly recommend this, especially anybody trying to get into pre-sales. It's a good way to to work your way up into further applications and and just you know, ultimately understand how to deploy some mini networks. You'll learn how to do that and also troubleshoot, but really just have a good baseline understanding and be able to speak the, the same layer three language. I keep saying layer three, there's layer one and two as well. But really at the end of the day, if you're, if you're looking to progress your, your career, layer three is, is going to be paramount for everything that you design. And I think understanding that will really help. If you want to stay on that track, there is a an additional uh, certification that I would say is kind of a step two is really the CCDA, the Cisco Certified Design Associate. I think I said that correctly. And there's, there's trust me, there's a slew of other certifications. You can go all the way up to CCIE. And there's like a written and a, a verbal test as well. That's, you know, you're just, you're the Jedi master of, of, uh, of Cisco at that point. And, and their solutions because it is, it does start to get Cisco uh, focused naturally. However, uh, there's a lot of certifications that you can really move forward and 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 progress a, an, an entire career around if that's something of interest to you. But I would say the DA is nice because then you start talking about designing these types of services. Then you can go into the CCNP, which gets very difficult. There's multiple exams. And uh, then there's there's a slew of other exams in there that Cisco has on security and data center, um, et cetera, and cloud, obviously. Um, so you know, check them out. Go to Cisco.com. There's quite a bit there, and it's some really cool stuff. But again, I highly recommend at least going for the CCNA. And it does a couple things, right? It also provides a little layer of, of pride that you've achieved in industry certification, and you do get access uh, to some really cool material, and you're kind of in this, you know, separate club. But 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 ultimately, it allows you to have a different conversation with your customers, your product team, etc., to understand how the global internet works and how that will impact your overall solution that you're providing as a pre-sales individual within your company. Say